1: to the Lord close your eyes and sing it to Jesus unless your heart is not hard and your eyes are not dry and your prayers are not cold and your faith is not old otherwise that just about means all of us doesn't it my eyes are dry my eyes are dry faith is old my faith is old, heart is hard, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold, my prayers are cold, and I know how, and I know how, I ought to be, I ought to be alive to you, alive to you, dead to me. With all our hearts and break down before Him the Lord says draw near to God and He will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double minded mourn weep be miserable let your laughter be turned into mourning your joy into gloom pour the anointing of God out upon all of us God so that we can be a pleasing people Yeah Thank you. Today, Jesus and God, my heart's so wicked, Lord. But God, work despite me, Lord, despite all of us, work. Send Your Spirit despite our wickedness, God. We we cry out for Your Holy Spirit to fall upon us, God. Everybody in this place that feels that God has been speaking specifically about them, raise your hand. Up. Specifically about them. Be honest. Glory to God. As we sing this next song together, I'd like those people to open the curtains so we have more room down here, please. I'd like those of you that feel you need to come and commit your life to Jesus as Lord, possibly for the first time in your life. Those of you who have not been living a right life before God. You've had bitterness in your heart. You've had sin on your hands. And God wants you to come to the fountain and wash it clean. And true repentance, true faith, and true holiness. Come to a holy God and become a holy people.
0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National
2: Prayer Chapel. Are you headed in the right direction or are you headed in the wrong direction? There are only two directions that are possible for you the path of the world or the path of true repentance as you turn your heart more and more to Jesus. I feel almost incapable of
0: trying to describe what has happened in the church. In these last years of my life, I've been preaching now for over 50 years. And I've watched a a transformation take
2: place in the church. I'm not quite sure how to even address it. There's a strange hardness. There's a strange lethargy. That's taken over the Christian church in America. It's a place where tears are not shed except for emotionalism. They're not shed for repentance or an understanding of what's happening between you and God. I'm very concerned about this. When I was just beginning as a boy to preach, people would sit with tears coming down their face in the small country church today those tears have dried up there's a a casualness a lack of reverence there's a a sentimentality There's a lack of of reverence. Now everybody is chit-chatting until the pastor taps the mic with his pen. Or whatever the starting sign is for your church. And many have left the church. They're no longer attending. They... Watch the television or they watch the internet and they're dying. The preaching today is largely either entertainment
0: or done in a casual manner, letting everyone know that the pastor is going to teach a few simple things that. He thinks you need to know about strategies for success in life. Or he's going to talk about some some light topic to help you to be a better person.
2: To be able to make friends. He's going to talk to you about, about being a better person. He's not going to say to you that you are a sinner and you're headed the wrong direction. But that's the truth.
0: I'm very concerned about this because it makes my job almost impossible. Because
2: most do not want to hear the message of the gospel. They'd much rather think positive thoughts about how they can improve their life.
0: Paul, the Apostle Paul, in the second chapter, the book of Ephesians, begins to talk about,
2: for you, You were dead in your transgressions and sins. Transgressions mean, meaning just doing things wrong. Not even conscious of it, just, just on the wrong track. And of course, sins, the Greek, the Greek word harmatia, meaning to directly violate the will of God. He's saying, we were all at one time dead in our transgressions and sins.
0: He says, in which you used to live when you followed the way of this world. And many of you who are calling yourself Christians are living this way right now. And it's almost impossible for a preacher to crack that. To open the eyes of the blind that they could suddenly see that the manner in which they are living in the pursuit of their own entertainment, the pursuit of their own lifestyle, that is what is being described here. Following the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the ways of the world valuing the things of the world
2: and not the things of God.
0: And now we have the church that carefully blends the ways of the world with the words of God. So the words are still spoken in some manner, but never with the clear understanding that the preacher is saying you're a sinner and you have to change the way you're living or
2: you will die. Some of you
0: listen to this broadcast day after day, but you are following the ways of the world and you're following the ways of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that is, the demons the spirit who is now at work in those who are
2: disobedient. In other words,
0: in our culture, we have so blended righteousness with unrighteousness,
2: holiness with unholiness, that we say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm,
0: I'm unconscious. When was the last time you sat in a congregation or you watched a YouTube of a preacher who simply said,
2: We have become hardened in our sin. We have become unconscious in our sin. And we think we're going to heaven because we have this emotionalism, I mean, the stirring of our feelings by the music,
0: but not by the word of God that would cause us to tremble in fear before a holy and righteous God.
2: So it's not life-changing. We can easily today follow the teachings of the American Church and the spirit that's in work the spirit that is
0: at work of demons has caused us to think that even when we're disobedient to the straight word of God,
2: we're okay.
0: Paul says in verse 3, this is Ephesians 2, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Now, in the blending, in the homogenization, it's like the gospel was put in a blender and the ways of the world were put in a blender, and they were whizzed up together into a smoothie. And we drink that smoothie, many, every Sunday at church or on the Internet. We feel good about what we're doing and where we're going and how we're getting there because we're making progress in our finances. We're getting the debts paid off. We feel good about our
2: family relationships or we don't. We struggle with bitterness and anger. We struggle with feelings of disappointment and loss. We we struggle with a lack of intimacy with others.
0: You can talk foolish stuff. But foolish stuff doesn't satisfy the heart's cry for intimacy.
2: And so with your husband,
0: you can talk about foolish things and go to foolish places, and yet you're not fighting, and so it feels okay like your marriage is working. We can do these things comfortably in
2: America. We can buy the new car. We can live in a comfortable house. We can go out to eat with our husband or our wife. We can go to work. We can be productive. But there is an utterly empty spot in our hearts. And we try to fill that with Sentimental Christian music. But we know we're not on the right track. That's the sad part. We know we're not headed in the right direction. You don't have in your heart a
0: cry for Jesus. You don't have a cry in your heart to understand the sin that you keep committing. You know things aren't right, but you don't know how to fix it. He's saying all of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And so what we do is we we satisfy this inner feeling of craving of lust for whatever it is maybe my sister and I should go on a a week-long drinking party somewhere down south
2: or maybe I should no
0: don't gratify the cravings of of your flesh don't follow its desires and thoughts because it
2: won't take us where we need to go. That's why I ask you the question, are you headed in the right direction, or are you headed in the wrong direction? There are only two
0: options, a right way and a wrong way. And we have blended those two together so that many have no concept of what it would mean to be on the right road headed toward Jesus and toward heaven. Paul says, like the rest we were by nature deserving of wrath. That's what I'm describing for us today. The world is deserving of God's wrath. That is God's utter, absolute destruction. And those judgments of destruction are coming now upon America in floods, in hurricanes,
2: in all kinds of natural disasters. God's judgment is beginning to be
0: poured out. It's going to become much, much, much worse. Financially, there is a a crash coming.
2: How are you going to survive when you don't have food in your cupboard and you don't have money to go to a restaurant? That's what's coming. We deserve God's wrath in
0: America and the American church certainly deserves the fullness of God's wrath. And you're seeing that being played out now as pastors are exposed. Churches are being exposed for their financial shenanigans.
2: Now, verse 4. We're going to turn a corner. Paul writes in Ephesians 2, verse 4, But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy or ethos. You could use the word here, compassion. He looks down, he sees us,
0: He sees that we're not headed the right direction. He sees the coldness of the church. He sees the hardness of the church, the shallowness of the pastor. He looks down and he sees us in this desperate condition that we're in in America right now. It's not the first time America's been in this condition. Before the Jesus movement, we were in that condition. That condition is
2: not broken by by teaching the scriptures. It's broken by preaching the real gospel, confronting the sin of our hearts. But it comes out of great love from God. And I'm standing by faith.
0: That because of his great love for us, he's going to send revival to America, meaning revival simply meaning the teaching that confronts us with our sin and turns our hearts back in a tender way to the Almighty God. And we begin to obey Jesus, we turn around, we repent. Repentance is merely turning away from that wrong direction and head now in the right direction, which is toward Jesus. See, this is so hard because today nobody's really interested in Jesus for the most part. A few of you are, and I praise God for each of you. But even in our love for Jesus, we are still so shallow because we spend our time in foolish ways of the world and not in the way of Scripture, reading, praying, crying out to God to to give us His compassion and mercy,
2: to turn our hearts back toward heaven. That's what we need. That's what we need desperately is to have our hearts adjusted, changed, transformed. That we would once again have a a tender heart toward Jesus, toward the things of heaven. When was the last time
0: you wept before Jesus, not because you were listening to sentimental music, but because he had exposed to you the wickedness of your heart, and you said, i
2: "I've got to get to Jesus, or I'm going to die."
0: That's the true condition of the American church. It's the true condition of the American populace
2: proud. Arrogant, hard-edged,
0: full of information, but devoid of the Spirit of God, devoid of a tender heart. I want to win the argument.
2: I want to be right. But that's not about Jesus. That's not how Jesus operates. It's a heart that is totally given to Jesus. Now listen. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in compassion,
0: made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. In other words,
2: this change that
0: I'm talking about is something that comes as as I preach or as other godly men or, or women preach about the real gospel of holiness. and as you begin to realize the
2: the casualness of your heart you begin to realize you're walking in the way of the world with your schedule with your ambitions with your with your life It says, and God
0: raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That hasn't happened for me yet. I believe it will. But that's what I'm racing toward. I'm giving myself to reach that place with the Holy Spirit, with God, where I'm sensitive in my spirit. I'm, I'm alive in my walk. Now listen,
2: verse 8, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, this is
0: not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that you can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, God has a job for you. He has a place in his kingdom for you to work and serve him.
2: But you can't serve him when your heart is cold. You can't be useful to him When you're following the cravings of your flesh and you're following its desires and its thoughts. I'm going to say something that will surprise some of you. You can't save yourself, you can't soften your own heart. You can't regain for yourself the first love. These are things that God must do in you and for you. You've heard me say, I'm waiting upon God. Pastor, why are you waiting on God? Because I can't do it.
0: I can't save myself. I don't have a checklist I can go through and say, "Oh, I've done this and this and this and this.
2: Good, I'm good to go." No. You don't you don't earn heaven. Heaven is a gift. A relationship with God cannot be earned. It's a gift. It comes by faith. It comes by grace. But it's real.
0: This whole passage is talking about the wonderful work of the Holy Spirit as He comes and quickens
2: your heart. Listen, verse 1, as for you, you were dead. What do you mean dead? Unable to do anything to change your situation. Filled with darkness. Filled with lust. Filled with the love of the world and the things of the world. following the
0: ways of the world and the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. In other words, there is a spiritual reality here where you are not your own. You
2: are controlled by demon powers, gratifying the cravings of your flesh. In what you eat and where you go, What you do, you are by the very nature of who you are, a dead man, deserving the wrath and destruction of God on your heart. But God comes,
0: and he begins to quicken your heart. That's why you would listen to this broadcast. Because as you listen to the word, as you recognize your sin,
2: the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to quicken you. You begin to experience the great compassion of God on your heart. If you take time to go sit with him, read his word, something's going to begin to happen inside of you. And that which is beginning to form in you is something the Holy Spirit is doing. as I began to walk in this path, this school of the Holy Spirit, many years ago. He began to say to me, Don't go that way, Ray. Now, I didn't hear a voice. I just felt something in my soul. Then don't do that. Don't talk like that.
0: Don't put yourself first. Put yourself last. Take the lowest seat, not the highest seat. Don't grab for what you
2: want. Don't grasp after power. Stop. And as I obeyed that inner sensing, it became more and more powerful.
0: until finally I very clearly heard in my spirit, turn your television off, don't watch it anymore.
2: Turn off your YouTubes, don't watch them anymore. Some of you are so glued to President Trump or some other political figure, your whole hope is based on that person and what they do. Holy Spirit will tell you, stop. Stop.
0: No political figure is going to save America or save you. We are on a course of destruction.
2: We're in a course of destruction. What do we do? We cry out to Jesus. He's the only one who can save us. He's the only one. I'll never forget the night I was up, walking in the hallway headed toward the bathroom. And suddenly, clear as a bell in my mind, were the words, I have forgiven all your sins. My heart leapt with joy. My sins have been forgiven. I'm clean. Now, could I remember all of my transgressions? No. And it is necessary.
0: Don't make a mistake. In repentance, it is, is necessary to lift up before God every possible wrongdoing that I can remember or that I'm still participating in.
2: It's giving that over to him. It's saying, Lord, I can't
0: tackle this. I can't handle it. But you can. Some of you have bitter tempers, triggered. You cuss your husband or
2: your wife out. Some of you have a superiority feeling like I'm better than everybody else. Some of you feel entitled, like everything should come my way. These are transgressions and become sins. And in the sin, we demand that we be right and that we be treated in a certain manner. It's amazing to me how people will talk to me and I'm quiet. If I don't respond, they'll become very angry because in their hearts, they're not at peace.
0: They have an angry, bitter heart. That's something that Only the Holy Spirit can remove from your heart that blemish where you no longer
2: demand, where you no longer cut down others, you no longer break relationships. I'm deeply
0: hurt by many who have broken relationship with me because I somehow did not meet their expectation. But it wasn't my job to meet their expectation. It was my job to wait quietly before God and to
2: trust Him. And I'm doing that. I know that that the Lord God of heaven is the one in charge of my life. I'm not. I know that whatever happens in my heart, it's all of God and none of me. And the more clearly I can
0: begin to get a hold of that concept in my heart, that I'm not going to walk in the ways of the world. I'm not going to hold to the bitterness of the world.
2: I'm not going to hold to the judgments of the world. It's not me who builds my world. It's Jesus who builds my world. When he said, I have forgiven all your sins, I was startled. I was stunned. And then he invited me to rest in him, to rest in Jesus. Where I know, without a doubt, I can do nothing. It's all of Jesus. I have no part. If it's going to be, it's up to Jesus not according to this heretic at the Crystal Cathedral,
0: where he said, if it's going to be, it's up to me. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, I'm not tough.
2: And it's not up to me. It's up to Jesus. I tried to sit down with him. I was at a conference, and I had an opportunity to sit down with him, but I couldn't talk with him.
0: He was too full of him. He only wanted to talk about himself and his glories and what he'd accomplished. And if I can do it, you can do it too. Go, 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 go. No, wrong.
2: I can't walk that way. Do I have peace in my heart? Absolutely.
0: What would you trade that peace for? Nothing. Because it's the presence of Jesus in my spirit and in my heart.
2: The way the right direction heads
0: is toward Jesus giving up my own plans and my own ways and my own desires and my own ambitions. If you talked with friends from years ago, they would say, Ray was so ambitious. And if I didn't agree with him, he would just go ahead of me.
2: They're right. But God has changed me. Ambition is gone. Not because I'm old, but because I'm on my way to Jesus. If you're headed the right way, the tears will flow. Things will change. And you'll
0: recognize more and more that you're like Jesus and not the way of the world. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast,
2: but I'd like to reserve some time here at the end to pray for you. Let's pray. Lord, you are Lord of all. And it's not up to me, it's up to you. And I'm waiting upon you. I have a broken leg. But two weeks ago, when I was so very weak, I couldn't even use a pen and write. I knew I was dying. And when my wife and I sat down, and we took the time to just cry out to you and appeal to your mercy, And suddenly everything began to turn around, and I began to heal. I didn't realize that a broken leg,
0: a broken hip, would take the whole body down. But you saw that, and you began to heal me. Oh, not heal my hip, but heal my body, so that this morning I can write again.
2: I feel better. And I know you're getting ready to heal that hip. I have full confidence in you. But there are those listening to the broadcast today who have given up or who are almost ready to give up because emotionally they're overwhelmed Physically, they're distraught. And they need you to come and put your arms around them and heal them. I don't have the ability to heal. I believe you will grant that. But right now, all I can appeal to
0: is your compassion, your mercy. That's what we prayed about and asked if you would extend to me your compassion and your mercy.
2: And you did that. So I come asking you to extend right now your mercy and your compassion to those who are distraught, to those who are broken, who are sick. Lord, I appeal to your mercy. I don't know how to pray. I'm learning. But I humble my heart before you and recognize that it's all of you and none of me, that you are the great I am. that you are the one who was and is and forever will be. And it's to your mercy, to your compassion, that I appeal for those right now who are listening, who are broken, who are discouraged,
0: who don't know how they can go on. And I say to them, let it all go and trust in Jesus. But, Pastor, no, no buts. Lord, I pray that you will encourage those who are listening to take the same road that I have taken, which is the road of repentance, to turning from all worldliness
2: all wickedness and
0: standing by faith that you will put your arms around them and lift them up and encourage their hearts.
2: Lord, would you do that right now? I pray in your holy name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening today to Pilgrim's Progress. There's no reason you should except as the Holy Spirit calls you to listen. I know that the work of the gospel
2: is done by the power of the blood of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Would you pray for me? Would you stand by
0: faith with me for the work of the gospel? Finances. One dear brother just sent an offering of $500. Another sent an offering of
2: $10. I know the work of the gospel is carried by Jesus. Not by appeals by the Holy Spirit moving in your heart. I ask you to pray and ask the Lord God of
0: heaven how much you should send to cover this radio broadcast and to cover YouTube and all of the other expenses involved. Jesus is enough.
2: Put your faith in him. Say, Jesus, I trust you. I can't do it. Like, I can't carry this broadcast. It's too heavy. I can't carry your sickness. But I know who can. His name is Jesus.
0: I know that as you begin to recognize that it's all of Jesus and none of you, a surge of joy and happiness and freedom and peace will move through your being. God bless you. I'll be back tomorrow with the blessing of God and His Word. Please join me.